What's up all you beautiful people? Happy Tuesday. How was is, how is y'all's Thanksgiving? It's, it's, uh, Thanksgiving, I think, has is, is got to be up there for, uh, you know, as, as one of my favorite holidays, you know, historical atrocities notwithstanding, a, a day that's set aside, you know, to connect with your fam, be present together, be grateful, and enjoy a bunch of food. Sorry, but I, I, I can't uh, help but love that. Um, ours was good. We had a small, I think five of, five of us getting together, a uh, small family gathering. And I like those small ones um, because we all had a little more bandwidth to, to connect with each other and be present. And it was just, it was really soothing, really sweet. So my guest today is another fellow podcaster and someone that I've wanted to have on for a while. Um, She's based down in El Segundo, of all places, down in L.A. And uh, on this this last trip that I made down there, the timing worked out and we were able to connect and I drove down um, and we made made an episode, we made a thing for y'all. Uh, her name is Melissa Herrera. We met at SF State. We were both at university. And she has created her own show. Um, and, and and it's doing really well. And I just wanted to take an episode and really, you know, get in the si- side the mind of this person who's a couple steps down the path farther than me, who's who's gone through the motion of it and and who is you know, steadily growing her audience. Um, I'm so impressed by the work that Melissa's done. Her podcast is called The Mimosa Sisterhood, and it is a history show about famous women, or I guess just women throughout uh, throughout the ages, uh, stories about, about amazing women who have achieved great feats. Um, definitely worth checking out. But, uh, you know, I just wanted to get in into her head about what the process was like for her. You know, for all of us co- content creators, we all kind of have to come into this through our own path. I think one, one of the things that really attracts us to doing this sort of thing is the fact that there is no blueprint, uh, which, which means, you know, we can kind of, we can iterate our own plan that really ta- is tailored to our idiosyncrasies and our strengths and so being able to talk to another mind who is who is thinking along these lines and who has found a a path for themselves um and who is still making content because that is kind of i think that is like the great uh barrier for anybody who is trying to to be creative professional but, but especially if you're making content or art of any kind it's how do you set up your life so that you keep doing it how do you make your creative practice sustainable that means something very different for for everybody again that's something that we have to have to define for ourselves uh when we set out or as we engage in this practice but it's something that i'm always thinking about and being able to connect with someone else who is still doing it is still running her show has experienced uh 
you know, success in doing so, or her podcast is definitely bigger than mine. So, um, it was really cool just to, to talk about it, to get her perspective and to learn a couple things. I think I definitely did. And I'm definitely going to have to go back and listen to this conversation, try to mine the little bits of useful information out of it. Um, but yeah, I had fun. Melissa's really fun to talk to. You can, uh, you know, every, when you're, when you've done this many, I think this is episode 41, you do start to kind of see, you know, some guests are, you know, take a little coaxing to, to get out of their comfort zone and, and to get the flow going. Some guests are just like off to the races the moments you turn the, uh, the moment you turn the microphone on. So Melissa is one of those. You can definitely see her experience show through in the way that she communicates. Um, and that in itself was a lesson, just, just getting to watch someone who's, who's, muscles of of uh podcast conversation are very much in shape uh i really enjoyed this i hope you guys enjoy this conversation as well so without further ado let me introduce to you melissa herrera on this episode 41 of the bartcast great to hear from you what a surprise I haven't heard that song. Really? No, but I was just somewhere a couple of days ago and somebody said that to me and I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> that's crazy. Okay, we're in El Segundo for all you out there. And uh, that's like one of the most famous Tribe Called Quest songs. It's like, I left my wallet in El Segundo. Left my wallet in El Segundo. I gotta get it. Gotta, gotta get it. It's like... That's hilarious. Yeah, it's like this whole story about like a bunch of kids in New York who like steal their mom's car and do a road trip to El Segundo. How they, random like, they came here. with this girl at a cafe and then they go back, but, but he left his wallet behind. Well, I feel honored they came to the city. It's so small and pretty much no one comes here when they come to LA. So flattered. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it definitely... I think the first thing I noticed coming out here was that big power plant yeah. on, the, on the coast. I've always like seen it because I'm usually looking from like Palisades uh-huh. area. So like I've always seen it. I'm like, what are those big smokestacks down there? Yep. There's a lot of machinery and factories mm. along the coast right here. There's actually one called the Hyperion plant, mm. which is the area that they get all of our sewage in Los Angeles. Yummy. And unfortunately, there was a power plant or uh, like a power outage this past summer, and all of their piping released all of the sewage into the, our beautiful ocean. Oh. Like 75 million gallons of sewage, oh. and we couldn't go to the beach all summer. That's so nasty. <laughs> and it smelled so bad that, like, 
for a month it smelled like sewage in the air that we couldn't even like keep our windows open so they everyone filed like a claim with the city and they ended up letting us file i guess requesting either air conditioning units so that we could keep our windows closed and not like bake in the heat or there was something or we could or they'd put us up in a hotel somewhere else and we're like forget it we got two air conditioning units up to a thousand dollars for free wow so we're like well i guess that paid off upgrade <laughs> we just had it smell like sewer in our neighborhood the That's entire so summer nasty. and then like good luck trusting the ocean now and you go. yeah i always yeah that's always i think when i come to la like i'm growing up you know my mom grew up in the palisades and uh she was a total hippie mama like her rule whenever we'd go to the beach growing up was like rain or shine like you got to jump in the water <laughs> so like i have that in me and I can't come to LA and not swim. It's like, feels like a tropics to me. And, but I'm always thinking about it. Like when was the last time it rained? Like never. I know some days the water quality can vary down here, but I did jump in last night or yesterday. Nice. And it was, in Santa Monica. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little chilly, but still I could stay in. It wasn't like the up North. Yeah, totally. Do you go to the beach often down here? Yeah, as much as possible. Uh, we can walk from the house, so that makes it easy. No dealing with parking. Um, but growing up in Long Beach, I always would go swim at the bay there. I don't know if you've ever been down that area. They have Not, a really no. beautiful bay, um, perfect for inner tubing, day drinking. I like it a little bit more than, than our beaches. A little okay. cleaner, warmer. Yeah. The LBC. Yep. That's what's up. Um, well, Melissa, thank you so much for coming on my show today. Of course. It's good to have you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I just, you know, this this project is uh, like a year and a half old. And I think today is episode 41. And just been chugging along. And, you know, one of the intentions I've set this year is I really am trying to expand my network of, like, fellow creators and it, it can be such a lonely practice at first you know i'd i've been wanting to make content for years and i finally with this show kind of just was like i just got to do it like I, I kept looking for a partner a collaborator and eventually i just decided to start and it's there's something super liberating about taking it taking it all on your shoulders and um i think a couple couple months ago i saw that you had a podcast and i was like oh awesome like <laughs> we went to school together i want to connect with this girl and learn about how you're doing your show and what the experience has been like for you and so totally. i'm stoked you came on like, hell yeah well uh, thank what, you what, yeah totally what, what got you into into podcasting where does your story begin in that regard um well i will say prior to podcasting i was big into writing Okay. Um, I've always been a writer since I was pretty young, all throughout college and like my early, late, mid and late 20s. I had a couple of different blogs. Some of them were anonymous, but it was pretty much just like my platform to put all of my creative writing out into the world and have people read it. And I loved it. That was kind of my my way to release the things I needed re to release, <laughs> whether it's creative fuel or my own personal internal therapy, that's what I did. Um, and then one thing that like really stood out to me is writing, especially blogs just on the internet, 
it's so hard to reach people. I mean, there's trillions of blogs out mm. there in the world and mine wasn't like fashion blogging or anything like that. It was just stories. And not a lot of people are on the World Wide Web looking for random stories to read on random WordPress <laughs> blogs. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. So um, I was just kind of like feeling like I'm putting things out there, but I don't think anybody's seeing it. And like, I don't know how to make that happen. And so Anyway, uh, I got into podcasting at like the end of a very hard year in my life, 2017. It was all kinds of bad. And I was sort of, I guess like one trend I've noticed in my life is that whenever I'm going through hard times, that's where I'm my most inspired. Like I think like at my lowest points, I am able to kind of like reach this place of like really striving to get myself out of those holes and that's usually being very vulnerable and like investing in those creative outlets that I have or talents that I I have and so it used to be writing and then in this moment I was like I need something different than writing and podcasting was kind of like a thing I'd only ever heard of or listened to one podcast at that time Oh, wow. My favorite murder. Okay. Um, pretty much like every podcast every girl started listening to when podcasts <laughs> became a thing. Uh-huh. And I had heard it through a friend and was like, oh, I'll check that out. Is that like a true crime? It is a true crime thing. And what, it, it's what kind of what with... kicked off the true crime okay. f- like craziness. So what is up like with women's obsession with true crime? That's Honestly, I think lately. it started with Law and Order SVU. Yeah, of course. I think <laughs> all of those criminal minds, yeah. uh, whatever the other ones are, I used to come home from school in like eighth grade and watch Law and Order SVU. That yeah. was like the highlight of my day, Monday through Friday. Wow. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. I don't know why <laughs> girls are into crime. Um that show is so dark, too. I know. Like, and I was watching that as a, like, a young kid. Couldn't wait to watch it. <laughs> there was also another one um, where they were in like Miami or Las Vegas. I f- forget what that one's called. CSI? Or... Yes, CSI. Obsessed with that, too. Classic. I don't know. I just think, for whatever reason, we were watching that stuff. And then it went from those television shows into true crime, uh, true crime podcasts, which I think really started from My Favorite Murder. They were like the first big true crime podcast, and mm. it kind of just like took off. But yeah, that was the only one I'd ever listened to. And then I was just, I knew I needed to do something creative. I didn't want to write. Podcasting was becoming a thing. And I was like, let's start a podcast. And I reached out to my friend, CJ, who actually also went to SF State. Uh, Her and I were both sociology majors while we were there. And a large part of what we studied was feminist theory and like different sociological matters in terms of like social behavior, psychology, things of that sort. And... I knew if I was going to start a podcast, she'd be the person I'd do it with. And so I reached out to her and was like, let's let's get a podcast going. Like, what should it be about? And she was like, women. Like, let's have a podcast about women. And at the time, I was like, well, like, what? Like, what do we talk about with women? Like, what does that mean? <laughs> and so we were kind of, like, brainstorming different ideas. And this was in December of 2017. And I had gotten a book for Christmas from my mom and it was called Bad Girls Throughout History, and it's written by Anne Shen, also illustrated by her. And it was an entire book about some of the most inspirational women throughout history who had done things during their time periods that were totally unconventional, sometimes frowned upon, um, and had pushed through and achieved remarkable things in history and made you know their stamp during their generation. And I was reading all these stories, and it was just like unbelievable the things I was reading. 
page after page after page. And then I was like, I'm going to start a podcast about women in history. Mm. And so that's what we did. And I started it with CJ. Um, We spent about three months just like researching everything under the sun from microphones to hosting platforms to how do we edit and all the things. And then we were like, okay, we got that down. Now, like, what about cover art and intro songs and like all this other creative element to it? So we started thinking about that. This is all before you've actually said a word into a mic. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, And then we finally recorded our first episode, but we didn't actually like go live into the world until three months later because during that whole time we were building a website and getting art figured out and doing all that other stuff until we officially went live. And then we went live six months later, uh, June 2018, and I've been going strong since then with an unimaginable amount of obstacles along the way. (laughs) What was that like, that first... Like after doing all that work, investing all that time, you know, when you turn the mics on, like taking us to that moment, like what did it, did you know what to do? Like, how, how, was there a, a learning curve? What was that process like when it was like, okay, now we're making the content? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a learning curve for a while, um, partly because the way that our show is formatted was that her and I would pick a woman from history, research their lives independently on our own, and then come to the podcast and be like, this is who I'm covering today. And she'd pick somebody and I'd pick somebody. But one thing we quickly learned was that we had very different methods and like, what kind of information should we be jotting down? How long is our portion going to be? What are we going to be talking about? And so we didn't know until we hopped onto the mic that very first day and just started doing it. And we're like, oh, wow, we probably should have, like, done a run between the two of us before we actually sat down for our first episode because mine was, like, super long and CJ's was so short. And we were like, (laughs) uh. Um, But to be honest, like, it was kind of just fun. Like, I think we were just excited about it. We had wine. We were drinking, like... I don't know. We were excited about it. And she lived in Louisiana, uh, New Orleans, and I was in Long Beach. And so I think it was this other cool thing where every single week we had this like friendship hangout. And so it was exciting. You know, it was like every Sunday night, her and I got to have like two hours of just drinking together long distance and telling hilarious stories and cracking up. And we had a ton of fun doing it. That's awesome. Yeah, I think you know, in addition to all the other, you know, amazing benefits of, of doing a podcast, one of the things I do love about, especially when I have friends on, it's like, as we get older, it's hard to make time. And yeah. when you want to connect with someone, it can be a challenge to, to get them to set aside the time to do that, especially if they're a busy person. But if you put someone on your show, it's like, all right, we're going to have like couple hours now where we can sit and just intentionally connect and it's one of the things that really attracts me to this this medium is sometimes with people you have to have like that intention or that scheduled chunk totally um do you guys do you guys still co-host the show together we do not so after about a year she decided to leave the show i think for a number of reasons i think one I think she was I think there's always this expectation when you start a big project I wouldn't say an expectation a desire that it's gonna like take off Mm -hmm. 
you know, we live in a world where there's like YouTubers and TikTok people and like you see these people do these creative things and they just explode and we're like, wow, how did that happen? You're so lucky. And so I think when starting this podcast, obviously both of us were really hoping that that would happen. We didn't know how long it would take, if it would ever happen. But I mean, we did all the research and like how to end up on new and noteworthy in the first two weeks. You know, all the things we were studying and researching to make sure we tried to like pave the path for us to like reach all those milestones. And, you know, like a year later, we were just kind of in the same place. I mean, we had listeners and like we had people following on Instagram and things like that, but no paid sponsorships or like, you know, no major media footage about us. Mm -hmm. And I think it it hit her worse than it hit me because I think we had different intentions when we started the podcast. Like I did this podcast because I was in a really bad place in my life and I needed something to lift me up. So it was more about like a healing journey for me than it was about a professional career for me. Mm -hmm. And so I think her, she was more interested in like, oh, let's make money. Let's do this. Let's do that. And so we kind of weren't aligned in the get-go of like what we were doing here. And to be honest, like we never really talked about it. It was Mm. like, let's start a podcast. And then we did. And I think that like, looking back now maybe I would have approached it differently but like at the time I didn't really think of it as anything more than like a creative hobby and as like I continued doing it I realized how much I loved it and I wanted it to go that direction and I think for her she was getting more I guess resentful that it wasn't getting the big break she hoped Mm. and so she kind of had a lot of feelings of like why are we spending all this time why do we put so much energy and effort into this if it's not gonna bring us you know a financial gain right and so she left um and it was wild because it was about the end of november i think it was november 2019 and she left and then i was like well what the heck am i gonna do Mm -hmm. (laughs) like i don't have a co-host anymore the whole premise of the show is two people telling two different stories like what's next and so I spent a couple of months just like putting the podcast on pause to like think about like what am I gonna do and I reached out to a lot of really great friends to be like listen this is what happened would you have any interest like coming on as a guest host for like an episode here or there and a lot of people were interested so I was like okay we're fine. I'm just going to start bringing on guest hosts and try to plan them in advance so I can keep up with my normal schedule. And that's what I did. And so there was this next generation of the podcast where I was lucky that I had people on the show, but then I was faced with a new challenge of like, nobody knows what the heck they're doing. (laughs) And it really showed when I got into the editing portion of my episodes where I was like, oh, my God, the audio is so bad. Or, oh, my God, this person could not get through one sentence clearly. Mm-hmm. Or, like, the nervousness that came through on the mic was so apparent. And I was like, geez, <laughs> <laughs> this isn't really working out that great. Yeah. Um, but I didn't really know what else to do. And so I'd say there was, like, a 10-episode portion of the show at the beginning of end of 19 into 2020 where I had a lot of friends that came on and some were great some were not and then I had to think again and be like okay let's rethink this I like having guests on the show to do these episodes with me but maybe I should start looking at people that have more experience being in the spotlight whether they have like their own YouTube channel or their Mm -hmm. own podcast or people that are already kind of comfortable doing things like this 
And then that led me to like start networking more in the podcast community. And now I pretty much just have like all podcasters on my show now. That must be refreshing. Like when you're like, oh, you've, you're like, you've got your chops up, you know? Yes. I definitely noticed that range of guests. Like when I get somebody on who's got their talking skills, like it's something they're actively thinking about as a, as a skill set. Um, it's not that like, I don't always, it's not like one's better or worse, Mm -hmm. but it does change my own, uh, role on the show. Like whether, you know, for a lot of my guests who may not be used to talking into a camera and being interviewed, uh, that's kind of where my art comes in is like, Mm -hmm. okay, I know it's going to take about a half an hour for the conversation to breathe and to get into flow. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's where it's a little bit more on my end of getting this person to a state of comfort. Totally. Uh, But then there's when you do get like another uh, person who has that ability to 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 just jump right in. I find that it allows for an easier back and forth. It can be more conversational, less of like a one directional conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, you know, it's like I studied communication at SF State. And I feel like doing this podcast, it's it's had such an interesting effect on how I view communication and, and my own interpersonal communication, both on and off air. Um, I, I think at this point, there's a, probably a lot of people listening that are like, cool story. Like, what the hell is this podcast? <laughs> so maybe we should... Uh, Maybe this would be a good point for you to just like quickly tell us. Yeah. Like, what is your podcast? What's it about? Totally. Just- so my podcast is called Mimosa Sisterhood. I'll get into the title in a minute. Uh-huh. Um, but it's a women's history podcast where we tell stories about women throughout history, past and present. And what I mean by present is that in the past year-ish, I actually launched a new segment on my podcast it's the interview style segment where I actually do sit down and talk to real women that are alive today who either have a story to share about their own personal lives it can range from a number of different things whether it's like a hobby or a program or whatever that they're they're into that they feel really passionate about or I bring on different entrepreneurs to kind of tell like their story of their experience you know launching a business or whatever it could be and so that's kind of where the present kind of comes into play um but the it the podcast did start as a history podcast and we've covered over 120 women from history majority of these women are largely unknown which is really cool if you're somebody that likes history or likes to learn about things from history you didn't know existed got a lot of great episodes for that um but it, also if you're somebody that just likes the typical podcast style two people having a conversation we have about 25 episodes of those too with everyday women with cool things going on in their lives um People are always like, what the heck does Mimosa Sisterhood have to do with anything? And I'm like, (laughs) I get it. This is another thing that I did not think about when I started my podcast. (laughs) Didn't think about how important the title name would be. Uh And that maybe I should have the word history in my title so that people (laughs) that like history could find it better on the internet. Didn't think through any of those things. Um, But the joke of the title is that when CJ and I were at SF State together and we were 
taking all these sociology classes together we were super like passionate and like hardcore into like the women's activist scene but we also regularly ditched class and went and drank mimosas at the bar on campus so we used to think of ourselves as like party girls that love women's history Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so we started a podcast where we drank champagne mimosas wine Mm -hmm. while we celebrated women's stories so that's kind of where it ties into it's almost like you could have the sub subtitle like woo history i know (laughs) totally i've spent a lot of time thinking about this um and i'm just afraid to make any changes because i've built this incredible website with this url and you know i i think uh I think that like my intuition is that maybe on the front end, like as far as like, you know, your people finding people who are interested in history coming into your podcast through that route. I could see that being a disadvantage, not having it in the title. Totally. But I do think that there will be a point where you'll reach that critical mass Mm -hmm. and having that flexible name that isn't tied to that, topic mm-hmm. might actually be stronger in the long run and if people just know like once you become that household wor- word mm-hmm. where people know that like mimosa sisterhood is about history yeah it's like i think eventually it'll actually be stronger because it totally. is this like really unique you know uh title and it also allow you in the future if you want to do other topics yeah you're not then like locked in to Yeah. And like, I think I try to lean more towards the sisterhood Mm -hmm. because I feel like, you know, at the end of the day, the podcast is celebrating women's stories of all times throughout the world before now today. And so I think there's this element of like reaching women out there that are interested in learning more about what other women go through in their lives. Doesn't have to be so history focused, Mm -hmm. like, hey, come on the show and learn an entire boring history lesson that it you know is so factual and we're putting our references and like we're like your teacher in college and we're so boring we're nothing like that and i think that's kind of a good thing where if there are hardcore history fans out there that come and listen to my podcast they might be like offended <laughs> it, like <laughs> you know i'm like telling these stories in the way that i tell it right. but i feel like if it's just an everyday average girl who enjoys a good cocktail and hanging out with their friends will listen to my show and oh. be able to appreciate the history in it but also feel like they're not you know getting their phd today Mm -hmm. they're just sitting with a girlfriend and telling this radical story about this crazy thing that happened with this woman in 1945 have you speaking of hardcore history have you listened to hardcore history no i haven't oh my god it's like the best history podcast yeah it's this guy dan carlin uh basically you know if you're into like ancient history Uh or uh He's just an amazing his, history podcaster. And there's like, you know, he does like a five part, 20 hour series on, you know, World War One, or yeah. the Mongols mm-hmm. or the, you know, um, the fall of Rome. And he always says, like, I'm not a historian. I'm a fan of history. Yep. And that's like his caveat. Like, hey, I mean, he is. He's an incredible historian. Mm-hmm. But by saying that like it's kind of like i'm just trying to make this content interesting and like communicate how i understand the story totally so that you can kind of connect to the more you know personal elements of it yeah and uh you know i think that he's brought a lot of people into you know into being fans of history and and that is i think in this medium 
so often the role of doing podcasting and, and you know and content creation in general it's like we are all I was talking about this on my last episode with my friend Anthony who's just gotten into finance he does like a show called finance Fridays and his his goal is to 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 bring financial literacy to the black community mm-hmm. and he'll he'll be the first to to tell you he's like I'm not a finance guy uh but what he what he is offering is like a really honest look like as he's learning about it he's then communicating to a group of people that maybe wouldn't have jumped in right away to doing the research mm-hmm. but they can connect to his personality uh and actually learn a lot as he, like as he's learning he's communicating what he's learning totally. there's something about that it's like less of a hierarchical position and therefore i think people really respond to like hey i'm just putting it together too mm-hmm. maybe you can identify with me more than like someone who's been doing this for 20 years and has all these you know kind of rigid belief structure about the way things are the way things should yeah be. Yeah, and I think, too, like, I try to separate myself from other history podcasts because while we do have a show that covers a lot of history and women throughout history, Mm -hmm. like, that was never really the goal of the show. It wasn't to just teach about history. It was more to, like, share women's stories so that the people listening would feel inspired and empowered about where they've come from or you know what steps were taken before they were ever alive or their ancestors were ever alive and just the things that women have been going through from the beginning of time Mm -hmm. so that when you're in your life today you know struggling through whatever you're going through there's like a sense of connection or at least this feeling of like not being alone in your hardship because like you know Jane from 1832 lived through the plague and like lost her 13 children and Mm -hmm. had to figure out how to make money after her dad her husband died in a world that didn't let women have businesses like things like that and so I think it's it is history but that's not the focus here it's more about sharing stories celebrating stories and like building that sisterhood of women hearing these things and feeling connected to it and more empowered in their own lives or the things that they've gone through like not feeling so much shame feeling more like okay life is actually really hard and things happen and we don't always make the right decisions or experience the best things but we we get through it like resilience really is kind of the key here yeah and in addition like i would imagine you know as a guy i have plenty of dudes throughout history that i can connect to as as a man who are going to give me like a male account of of the historical story mm-hmm. so i can totally see the value in providing like you know a, a feminine mm-hmm. telling of this order you know there there isn't you know it's changing which is awesome with there's so many more female voices now telling these stories and mm-hmm. creating content but but what you're doing is is allowing for women to to have a connection to a female telling of these stories as well and building that culture out and you know it's not saying that guys can't connect to what you're saying or girls can't Mm -hmm. connect to what guys are saying but I think there is a a power in having you know someone of your sex or your gender Mm -hmm. uh there are nuances and subtle differences in the way that we build meaning and yeah that's super cool and we do have guy listeners, actually, nice. um, a couple of them. And 
I think it's important for them to hear these stories too, you know? Like, it's, it's the thing, some of the things that stories I've researched and learned and told are fascinating, whether woman or man. And so it's, it's not like, you know, bring down the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. It's more just like, hey, did you know there was an entire, like, female air force in World War One? all of these women that were flying planes like mm. did we know that mm-hmm. or you know like so many different things that either were missed or not told but like really did happen yeah. and it's super cool it's like wow that is absolutely fascinating so it's not just for women but obviously most of our listeners <laughs> are women <laughs> do you ever do you think you would ever have a male guest on i have show? you have i have um when i had brought friends on to help me out to run the show i have Mm -hmm. had a couple two different men come on to tell stories about a woman that they found inspiring in fact one of the guys that came on told one of my favorite stories i've ever heard today awesome and i'd never heard of the woman before and he knew of her because he was big into physics and biology and stuff and he told me her story and i was like oh my god that was the greatest thing i've ever heard (laughs) that's that's so that's cool that's really awesome I, i i wanted to ask like when you uh like i'm always curious because like for me i found my way uh into podcasting i'm sure like so many people i I think the first one i really got into was joe rogan Mm -hmm. like back in 2013 um so like he had a huge influence on the way that i structured my show like the long form conversation kind of tangential Mm -hmm. thinking letting the you know letting the conversation kind of breathe and go in any direction um and i still like integrate that into my show in a lot of ways um but i'm just curious like when you were designing this did you come into your show with like a structure in your mind of how you wanted episodes to be was that like a evolutionary process what what is your show structured like Yeah, so when we started it, it was literally structured off of My Favorite Murder, which was the the only podcast that I knew of at Mm -hmm. the time. And in that show, both Karen and Georgia, the co-hosts, they pick a true crime story and they take turns telling it, which is Mm -hmm. exactly what I do on my podcast. So it was the same kind of idea. But yeah, we knew we wanted to do a couple of things. One, we wanted to start out with a booze review. (laughs) So that's what we do. So whether we're drinking a mimosa or whether we're drinking a bottle of wine or we made a cocktail today, it's, it varies on alcohol. Um, Mm -hmm. We drink it throughout the entire episode and we start off the show by saying what we're drinking. This is the maker. This is what it tastes like. Do they you have like a themed drink for your episodes? We don't have it. I I usually try to pick like a bottle of wine or a cocktail that relates to the woman. Okay. Um, but it's not like a mandatory thing. It's mm-hmm. kind of just like really in my mind, I'm like, come have drinks with me on the podcast and let's talk about cool women. So whatever the guest wants to drink or not drink, totally fine. Do you release what you're going to be drinking to your audience before the show? Not before, usually after or the day before. Sometimes I'll do an Instagram post of what I drank on the podcast Mm -hmm. and present it and like tag the, whoever the brand is. And, um, they actually do really well. I'm like Trader Joe's seriously needs to, contact me because the <laughs> amount of wine I have sold from Trader Joe's yeah. is unbelievable awesome. and I've made no money yeah. so <laughs> come at me yeah um 
but yeah that's so it was basically booze review then Mm -hmm. we each take turns telling our story and then the thing that we used to do when cj's around we don't do it anymore is Mm -hmm. it was kind of the jokey part of the podcast was we'd guess like whoever the woman was that we presented the other person would guess her zodiac sign (laughs) nice (laughs) was it would you do uh, like two stories or you would each tell part of the same story? No, we do two different stories. Okay. So I'd pick somebody, she'd pick somebody, she'd go first, I'd go second. Um, and then we'd guess the women's zodiac signs. And Did I tried to have any relation like, no, you're okay. So two no, stories. yeah. And we wouldn't tell each other who it was before. Cause we wanted all of the, all of it to be organic, like responses and reactions. So I even do that today. I tell my guests to pick somebody and then like a, couple weeks before we record we'll do hints like is your person alive yes okay great mine's dead we didn't pick the same person (laughs) so or we'll you know give hints Mm -hmm. um but yeah I like to not know I I like going into it blindly uh because sometimes you'll they'll present somebody and I'll be like oh my god that's my favorite woman ever I know everything about her life like tell the story and I might insert some things it's kind of just better to not know because it just gets so much more organic Mm -hmm. communication live on the recording how do you find your guests, your guest hosts? What's that um, process like? I, so for the history portion, I pretty much reach out to other podcasters. I try, it's like, God, the amount of things I try to do all the time, it never ends. Like trying to manage a full-time job in the corporate retail world on top of like running a podcast and then like having to like make time for my boyfriend like (laughs) there is just never enough time to do anything but um and I've really I used to be so much better at it than I am today but I try so hard to connect with other podcasters on social media like listen to their shows comment on like their episode release posts things like that to like build a connection and then um if we've been chatting and there's like a friendly vibe going I'll usually like invite him on the show and just be like hey guess what i this is my podcast i bring on guests like would you have any interest coming on and telling a story about a woman from history and then in you know exchange you can of course pitch your show tell everybody about you know what your podcast is about people are for the most part very into it mm-hmm. um but there are a lot of people that don't want to take the time to research somebody like it's a whole presentation you know it's not just a come on the podcast and talk about your show yeah it's like there's so much more to it and so mm-hmm. Really, like, over the past year, actually, I've been trying so hard. Well, I actually tried to find a co-host, and that did not go well <laughs> at all. Uh, not well at all. I the interview process. It was not good. Um, I had an experience that did not go well. Yeah. And it was very uncomfortable because it was somebody that was a friend of a friend. And my friend had been like, hey, I know somebody who'd be perfect. And so I was like, oh, my God, that's so awesome. Even better that I would know some like, you know, it's not like a stranger I can like vouch. But the person did not work out. Mm. um, And for a number of reasons that I was not okay with. But (laughs) uh, now I actually am trying to wean it down to three reoccurring guests. Cool. So over the past year and a half or two years, I guess now I've been taking guests um most of them other podcasters some of them are still just people i've worked with or friends that are good and like i've invited back and i've kind of weaned it down to like who are my three favorites and so one of those girls 
is in forever as awesome. long as she'll be around and then I have two others that are great and as long as they're available they come on here and there so that's ideally what I want it to be I think I want to keep it as like I'm the host of the podcast this is my podcast and these are my like three two or three reoccurring guests that come on cool. so that I can ensure the like, consistency mm-hmm. the episodes will always be good I know the research will be done well I know the communication flows I know we have a good vibe between us um, where I, when I bring people on from the internet, like I have no idea what I'm getting Rolling until I'm getting dice. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I was thinking as you were talking, I was like, who would I choose? Like, what kind of story would I, would I tell if I was to come on and record? Th- I think that'd be an interesting, uh, project to, to go, you know, to go do a research, uh, find a figure. I'm like immediately where my brain went is like, I need to find a Viking. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> I've never had an actual Viking before, yeah. so that could work. But, I mean, even sometimes people come on the show and they've told a story about Stevie Nicks. Or, yeah, okay. like, it doesn't it doesn't always go super far into history. Sure. Sometimes we're just going to, like, the 60s. Like, yeah. awesome, like, like Debbie Harry from Blondie. Mm-hmm. Somebody covered her recently cool. as, like, their favorite female musician. Oh, yeah. um, so sometimes not super deep history, but... Yeah you know whatever and i give everybody a list of here's who we've covered so don't pick one of those people that's awesome nice um so like i have a question for you sure (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i'm in that i'm at that place in with this podcast where i you know lately i've really been thinking about how do i scale this thing how do i grow my audience uh and how do i do it in an authentic way because I do think as creators, you know, one of the most fundamental characteristics of this new medium is that it's authentic. That's really what I think people are connecting with, especially in the podcast realm. So I'm just curious, like, what has your experience been like? Um, Is growing your audience something that you're thinking about and actively working towards? How are you doing that? How do you keep authentic while you do that um you know is that something that you think about what's that process like for you yeah so I will say this so in 2020 which was right after my co-host left and the pandemic hit Mm -hmm. and I basically never had work for an entire year I was still employed with my job but the industry I'm in was like shut down Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I was employed and making money and like technically logging on Monday through Friday but there was nothing happening so I had an entire year to invest in the podcast and that's what I did I worked my butt off doing so many things I instantly started with growth of audience and I pretty much used Instagram for that and what I did was I started evaluating like who in my mind is my audience women probably between like 20 to 40 I'd imagine maybe older um people that probably have an interest in self-development, self-discovery, looking for inspiration, people that would be into women's history in general. And I started looking up Instagram accounts that are like already part of that category. So Mm -hmm. like, for instance, one of them is called the female lead. It's one of the most popular like women's empowerment. They have like a billion followers, you know, posts like a hundred times a day. So I was going to those types of accounts into the comments to see like who is actually engaging with these accounts, because if they are, they probably have like vested interest in like the content that's being presented and um, are actively interested in engaging with that kind of content. And so found all those people 
followed them and literally sent a dm to be like hey i found you you know on the female lead um I wanted to just let you know that, like, I have a podcast. This is what we're all about. Um, and kind of just pitch myself and mm. be like, I'm looking to, like, build, you know, a, I, I never would say, like, I'm looking to build an audience. It's more like I'm looking to build a community of women that are into the things that I cover on my show. Yeah. So, like, if this sounds of interest to you, like, check us out. And a lot of the times people responded and followed. I think it was just, like, that actual genuine, like, reach out. Because, like, I didn't send some templatized Mm -hmm. message, you know? It was, like, more authentic. And, like, or I'd even, like, comment on something I saw on their page or, like, whatever. I try to find a way to be, like, I actually, like, looked into you. Mm -hmm. I'm not, like, spamming you right now. You're engaging with their content. Yes. And then I would, like, actively try to continue engaging with these people. Anytime they post things, like, comment and like so i wasn't just some random on the internet and i did a really good job at that for a very very long time and my instagram followers grew very quickly in a short amount of time which i don't have a lot by the way Mm -hmm. but at the time i had maybe 300 people okay and so i think i probably got like i don't know maybe like an extra 900 over a course of a couple of months of doing that which again like somebody else probably some gen zer could be like i have two thousand followers in an hour like i don't know what i'm doing i'm doing the best that i can do Uh um but that really translated to more listeners and people subscribing and downloading and checking it out and then i started my new segment where i interviewed everyday women and i started reaching out to these same people being like i started this new segment I want to feature real women's stories. If this is something you're interested in, let me know. Like, I'd love to have you on the show. And so now not only did I reach out to them about the podcast, now I'm inviting them on the show. And so people were, were like flattered by stuff like that. And so that kind of spread that way. And I did feature a lot of my listeners on the podcast in this segment, which I think really was meaningful to them because they were like, I'm not just a download number. Like you actually are legitimately interested in hearing from me mm-hmm. <laughs> to the point you would send me a microphone and have me on your show and stuff oh, like wow. that. And that's what I did actually for a lot of the time I have a really cheap, like $30 Amazon mic, USB okay. mic yeah. that if the person I was interested to have on the show didn't have the right like equipment, I would ship them my mic wow. and, with a prepaid shipping label for them to just tape it back on and throw it in a mailbox back to me. Cool. And so that was really good and helpful. Um, and then from there, I started a uh, my email list. Then I was like, all right, I need to like get a newsletter going and an email list and build like that and have that going. And so um, I started finding ways to get people to sign up for the email list. Uh, I did this thing where I made a bunch of postcards of my cover art. And anytime somebody signed up to the email list, they'd have to put out their address. And I would send them a handwritten postcard Mm. with like stickers in it, which was like part of the pitch. So they knew like, hey, if you sign up for the email, you'll get this handwritten postcard from me and some stickers. And that helped a lot. What were the stickers? Uh, The artwork. Okay. Yeah. Um, And I just really tried to find ways to, like, be a human being, not just, like, a podcast. And I think it went a really long way. And then on top of that, at the same time, I decided to sign up for a podcast accelerator program, Mm. which was a huge uh, step for me because it was expensive. um, And we were in the middle of the pandemic and I wasn't sure if I was going to lose my job. So I'm like, can I afford to make this huge financial 
step knowing that there's a risk I could be laid off at any moment. And I like talked it through with my dad, who's like a business guy. And I was like, I want to do this thing. I've never spent money on anything in my life other than rent. Like, you know, I've never made like an investment in myself ever. So now I want to do that. <laughs> like I'm in my 30s. I'm passionate about this. Like this is what I want to do. So I did it. It was really great. And I'd say like I learned a lot of stuff, which I'm happy to share with you. Um, but the biggest takeaway I think was that I got to network with all the other podcasters that also signed up for this accelerator program. So there were like 25 other podcasters, some of them individual, some of them had co-hosts and they were all on this group together. And every week we'd get on zoom and do an hour and a half class. And every week was a different subject matter. And then we'd be broken up into groups where we got to like chat with each other about what we're doing. And so there was like a lot of engagement and like networking with other people with all of us having the same goal of like trying to get a podcast off the ground and successful. But from that, I was invited on to a lot of other people's podcasts, especially around Women's History Month, which was amazing. I think I was on like seven podcasts during Women's History Month last year and getting access to their audience made a huge impact as well of getting more listeners to mine. So I think that's one of the important steps um, is finding ways to get on other podcasts because now you're just getting, you know, getting your show and your words spread to other ears that don't even know you exist. Yeah, I mean, that's pro- that's that's the number one way I discover new podcasts. It's kind of like I got into one, and then from there, the guests that I liked, when I, I started getting to their shows, and then mm-hmm. they'd have guests on, and it's kind of this viral uh, evolution of, of, of interests. And I think uh, I'm glad you touched on that one because as I'm evaluating my own brand and podcast and the way that I'm trying to grow, like that's one of the primary mm-hmm. methods I've identified is like, Hey, I need to like connect with my own podcasting community with other podcasters, try to go on other people's shows mm-hmm. so that, you know, that people in the audience that connect with my voice or like the way that I'm showing up, uh, can check out what I'm doing and hopefully find something they, they find interesting. Or- totally. Um, I, th- I think that's super right on. Um, so yeah, d- but I inter- interrupted you. What, what did you have more that you're going to talk? Oh, about? Oh, I don't think so. Like just ways that I'm growing. Yeah. Um, do you do any p- paid ads or I don't, mm-hmm. I mean like, no, I, in the beginning, I think I like promoted a few of my Instagram posts, mm-hmm. but only did that a couple times i wouldn't say that it really like leveraged a lot of like new listeners yeah maybe likes Mm -hmm. but no did you notice i've noticed this thing on facebook that like because these days like i really only use facebook to like find work and post my podcast episodes Mm -hmm. but i've i found that like if i make a normal post you know, I, I get my normal numbers, but if I put my podcast episode up, somehow the algorithm knows I'm trying to promote my show. And I'm like in the single digits as far as like impressions. Have yeah. you noticed anything like that with your... Oh, yeah. Um, yes. I will say this is going to sound doom and gloom, <laughs> but I will say that in the entire time that I've had my podcast, which uh-huh. is like three years now, okay. I've had very minimal support from people I actually know in my real life Mm. far more support from complete strangers out there in the world and I don't know what that means Mm. (laughs) 
no i i get it i don't know yeah. like how to analyze that or even if i want to spend the energy to analyze that mm-hmm. um but i think that that also shows in like who is engaging on my social media it's never anybody in my real life right um not my family not my friends not my coworkers. like the people that know i've been blood sweat and tears in this project for three years and doing yeah. literally everything i can to try and succeed with it are the people that have the least amount of interest <laughs> in helping me get to those for accomplishments sure. so yeah. I, for that case, I actually like barely, I don't even put anything on Facebook for the most part because I am not interested in seeing the lack of support from people (laughs) that know me. And I also don't post it on my personal Instagram account for the exact same reason. Um, so I made a page specifically for the podcast where I am only engaging with people I've found out in the world that have seen what I'm offering and actually like it. And those are the people that engage and so that's just where i put my focus now Mm -hmm. is strangers i guess that's cool i could i would imagine that that's actually you're getting a very kind of clean objective insight into uh you know into the uh, successes and failures of what you're doing Mm -hmm. like not just on on your interpersonal level but you're seeing like oh how are these different practices working out and translating into actually generating like you know people that are interested in the podcast for what I'm doing not necessarily me because of our connection yeah I feel you I I I think I do have a lot of friends that like a lot of my listeners are friends or or former guests who have come on Mm -hmm. um but uh my brother you know who's my best friend you know one of the things he said that always stuck with me that I think is hilarious you know when when i started doing my podcast he was like you know he admitted he's, he's like i don't listen to your show he's like i hear your takes enough in the real world man <laughs> <laughs> like i get it dude like so like i have friends who are like yeah I've, i still haven't listened and mm-hmm. i'm just like you know it's all good like i get it like it, if it's not something you're into that's fine and totally and if it is then then great too but i really have this belief that you know one of the beautiful things about this new technology and the evolution of new media. Um, I think we all do have an audience out there. I think there is my audience out there and it's not so much that I have to manufacture it. It's more that Mm -hmm. I have to, each of us has to find a way to make the practice of creating content sustainable in our own life. Mm -hmm. It's going to mean something different for everybody, but you just keep doing it. Mm -hmm. And if it's something you love, you put that energy into it. We all figure out our own way. Um, eventually, the people that, that like what you're doing are going to find out about it. And totally. I think that's kind of what keeps me going in the long term. I'm, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm interested in growing it, but I'm also not, I'm not that emotionally involved mm-hmm. in how big it is. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I love all you out there, my listeners. I have so much <laughs> appreciation that people are showing up and are interested in listening to this stuff. But, but also I would do it even if there was no listeners. Totally. To me, like the practice is so much fun Mm -hmm. and it's like, I just love connecting like this. Uh Totally. Getting to have people on and feature them. Yeah. And and also the educational thing, like I'm learning from you right now and that's, (laughs) you know, that's such a cool resource in my Uh life to to get to see how other people are, are, 
pursuing their creative visions. Totally. And like this other thing, like perfect example, this happened a couple of days ago. Um, somebody reached out to me on Instagram, just didn't even say hello. They were just like, would you ever consider featuring somebody on your show who's gone through domestic violence and suffers with bipolar disorder? And obviously she was talking about herself. Yeah, yeah, asking for a friend. (laughs) And like, I was just thinking in that moment, like, I just felt like so humbled that this person, one, was in a place in their life where they were ready to talk about some of the things they'd gone through. And then two, came to me to tell their story on my platform. And like, I was just like, wanted to cry. Like, I was just like, oh my God, like, of course. And two, like, thank you so much for trusting me with holding a space for you to speak about something that I imagine is incredibly difficult and has caused you a lot of pain and trauma. And you're now in a place where you're ready to be vulnerable and start addressing these things, knowing that it's going to reach people in a large, different countries, different states. And like, you want to do that and you wanted me to do it with you. Mm -hmm. And like, that is just part of the reason why I will always do this because it's, it, I get there's a part of me that feels like this warmth and comfort of being able to be on somebody's journey in that kind of a way. Yeah. And so, again, just like you're saying, whether my family supports me or whether I get X amount of downloads a year, being able to have something where people can tell their stories and trust me with sharing them with the world is just more than I could ask for. Yeah. And it's, I'm sure you get this, too, like. One of the most common things, you know, responses I get from people who aren't like in the podcast world or who aren't going like creators, when I ask them on, they're like, but I'm not interesting enough to be on your show. And I'm always like, no, like, trust me, you are like, I wouldn't, you know, I'm I'm, me asking you is because I find you fascinating. And, And my art is getting that thing out of you that is so interesting mm-hmm. like I've that's kind of where the skills have gotten of like how do I extract and show my audience what I know about you yeah and I have this experience with people it, it's pretty co- common that when they come on afterwards they feel so good about themselves they feel totally. so seen mm-hmm. they feel so like heard and like feet like the, this idea of like featuring someone um it really hit home for me you know, a couple months ago when I had my friend Forrest, who's my neighbor, who's like been a huge supporting influence of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, we're about to start a podcast together, but he came on, he was like, Hey, I want to interview you on your show. I want to <laughs> be a cool. guest host. <laughs> so I handed it over to him and I was like, yeah, this will be a cool practice. Like I'm all about saying yes to these, yeah. to whatever the show can be anything. You uh-huh. know? And he came on. And so I got to be, in the guest position and it was such a different experience uh-huh. and I felt so good after we did the episode like just about who I am and where I am in my life and I was like man is this like is this what everybody's getting that yeah. I'm doing it with because it looks different when you're on the hosting totally. side um so I, I think that you know hearing you talk about this woman that you were interacting with like it it is something that we're doing because we love it but but it also it can be a service you know, like it can be yeah. something that we're we're offering to people. Totally. And I also just love this other part where I can tell this woman, one, yes, of course, come on the show. I can't wait to meet you, talk to you, 
let you know how I can relate in some of the topics that you've brought up in your story, but also like invite you into a group where you're going to be sitting alongside of like Sojourner Truth or, you know, some of the major female icons in history. And that like your story that you're telling today is just as important as the other women that have made massive marks in history and like that's the exciting part i think that some of these women get is that like they do get to be featured in this world where everybody's experience is special and i think that's pretty cool too yeah it's awesome where where are you now with like uh your listener base and the size if i can ask like um so i think i I think in the past month, I was just looking at my, like, overall Mm -hmm. download since I've been live, which, like, I think I should be more than where I'm at, (laughs) (laughs) which will always come down to, like, there's not enough time to do anything I want to do. I think we have about 35,000 downloads. Wow. In three years. Oh, yeah. So I guess that's averaging, like, a little over maybe, like, 12,000 a year. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but it kind of varies per episode. Like I released an episode in Halloween about Mary Shelley, the author of Frankenstein. It got huge hits, which could be partly because it's in theme with the holiday. Yeah. And then the one after that, which was an incredible episode, only got like 90 or something. What do you average per, you know, per episode? Usually around, I don't, I would say like my best episodes are around 200. Okay. And so maybe anywhere from like 150 to 200 um but also i used to be a weekly podcast and i just switched to bi-weekly maybe two months ago okay and i was kind of testing it out to see like what that looks like in terms of statistics and downloads are people dropping off are do they need a weekly podcast like i was kind of doing a test period Mm -hmm. um and i think in a perfect world i'd like to go back to weekly I'm just finding it difficult with my current work schedule Yeah, because basically I work all day and then if I work all night, then now I'm in a fight with my boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. You got to, you got to find that balance. Yeah. Do you, uh, yeah, that's one thing I'm trying to re-implement, you know, the first 13 weeks I set myself the goal of like record and release one a week. Mm -hmm. And now coming back from this trip to Costa Rica, I'm really trying, like one of the things everyone, every podcaster I've spoken to is, has reinforced is like the regular release schedule of like people need to know when it comes out and you need to be super consistent. And so I'm going to be trying to do, have everyone come out every Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's an interesting challenge, you know, of like got to find a guest this week, got to get in there. Totally. Got to get my release out. I, I can't like procrastinate on it. And it's something I know I can do, but it's a nice little push. And yeah. Um, let me know. How are we doing with time? Um, we've probably got like 12 more minutes. Okay, cool. <laughs> Sweet. All right. We'll wrap it up with a couple. I got a couple more questions for you. Um, when you're talking about like the growth of those numbers that you just gave me, thank you, by the way, for yeah. sharing it. I appreciate like, that's so valuable, um, especially as someone who's just starting out. Did you find there was like a uh, like a threshold moment where things jumped up for you? Like, I'm guessing it wasn't just like a gradual. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a point at which your growth becomes a little more exponential, right? 
Yeah. Um, so when I started really experimenting with things after my co-host left, like mm-hmm. all of 2020 was a year of experimentation. I was, I rebranded the entire podcast. I redid my website. I started the newsletter. I started my new segment with everyday women interviews, did a lot of different stuff. And so I saw a little bit drop during that time, but then it picked back up because I realized that I gained a lot of new listeners who didn't want to hear anything about women's history, but were interested in the interviews. So it kind of like brought in new listeners that just wanted to hear those conversations. So it spiked up a little bit with creating that new segment, which I think was great and kind of unexpected to be honest. Um, But to be like totally fair, like it's been stagnant for a while because I haven't been able to invest as much time as I'd like to into the marketing and promotion. Like there are so many things that I want to do yeah, and I just really struggle finding the time to get it done. Um, I'm actually taking a week off of work after Christmas and I have nothing to do and I'm like going to try to like, that's going to be my vacation time mm-hmm. and I'm going to just try to work on the podcast for an entire week. Cool. Um, and then a part of me wants to like take off all of January and then like start back in the podcast in February so I can just have like a month to kind of like realign, refocus, think back on like what's been working, what's not working, what do I need to change? And also off just from like the podcast. Well, yeah, on the podcast. Um because I think like I need to invest a lot more time in social media engagement. Mm. I'm really lacking. Like there are, and to be honest, there's just times where like I don't have the energy to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want to like, I, I have a bad tendency to burn myself out and there'll be like two weeks in a row where I don't post a single thing. And then all of a sudden I come through with a new episode out today and right. then I don't say a word for another two weeks. Yep. And it's like, it's not good. And it's, it shows, mm-hmm. it really shows. So I need to figure out a way to like maintain a full-time job in life while figuring out a schedule where I can continue to, engage online without burning myself out without killing myself and like figure out what that looks like but i think i need to take a little bit of time off to reevaluate that and make a plan to then be like all right we're starting this new plan on this date and then dive in with it awesome are, are you guys bringing in revenue yet do you no. have paid sponsors or anything like that no paid sponsors um for the like you can usually get affiliate mm-hmm. uh sort of partnerships going where like you can get a code to get however percent off and stuff like that or most affiliates are really website based where you link people to your website and then you can open this link to get like your affiliate promotion Mm -hmm. but as far as like getting paid sponsorship it's usually 10,000 downloads per episode which I am nowhere near yeah yeah. um three years into it nowhere near yeah And I think that all comes back down to needing to invest way more time in the promotion and the engagement. Would you, uh, you know, is is this something that you ideally would be doing as your full-time job? Yeah. Yes. Either my podcast or I actually use my podcast on my resume and I apply to podcast jobs like every single week. I just applied applied to a podcast job right now with Apple before you got to my house. That's awesome. Um, And I've had some hits. Yeah. I interviewed actually with my favorite murder, which was my first podcast that I ever listened to and inspired my show. Yeah. 
um, didn't get the job, but the fact that they reached out and set up an interview with me and the vice president of their production, <laughs> I'd That's say, validating. is pretty good. Yeah. Um, so even if my podcast doesn't hit, you know, major revenues and take off like I've always wanted it to, mm-hmm. I feel like there's still just as much benefit in it standing as a por- portfolio right. of what I'm able to do, what I've accomplished, what I've built. Totally. Um, and I put it on my resume and I apply to jobs all the time with it. It actually helped me get the job I have now in my corporate job because I've always been a project manager, but I was in a construction development world prior. Now I'm in like a marketing digital asset creative world. And like the biggest pitch for that was that I am my own project manager with the podcast. Yeah. I manage 14,000 things every week from social to marketing to newsletters to all the things Mm -hmm. and I've been doing it for three years successfully and I've grown my own show with no help so to think I wouldn't be able to build out a underwear ad like right (laughs) the things I can do I mean you can execute I have actually more work on my plate with my podcast than I do with my actual job so I think about that a lot and I try to like I I, of course, would like to be in a better place with the podcast, but every day I think of it as a, am making closer steps to having a career in the industry, whether that's with my show or somebody else's or with a network. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's a really good place to be, you know, the, I, I have a similar feeling of this is that like, this is like my show that I need to do because it's like this creative process for me it's like a the way I've talked described it is almost like a creative sandbox that I get to play in Mm -hmm. and I have this like I know I want to do this thing like for the rest of my life or as long as it interests me Mm -hmm. and I'm not like attached to this being needing to be the shape or the thing that hits I do love doing this because I'm doing it exactly the way I want to. Totally. But I know that the more of these episodes I do, the longer that I'm like consistently making content, Mm -hmm. those other opportunities will arise where it's like, okay, because I was doing this, this person saw me. They're now thinking of me as this person that can get this thing done. Who knows what other opportunities may come. And, and it's just so exciting when like, like, you know, like you said, when you're fi- when you find something that you love doing so much to where it's like it's like yeah if someone offered me an opportunity to do more of this stuff that's not like it, it like doesn't feel like a job to me it's no like, no this just feels like another adventure that i get to go have absolutely and i feel like i'm already way ahead of the curve totally <laughs> like how many episodes have you guys done i'm almost I I just passed like 84, I think. Nice. Um, so getting close to 100. It'd be much higher if I didn't switch to the biweekly. But yeah. yeah. I wonder what percentile that puts you in, you know, of like podcast, because so many podcasts drop off. Yeah, I, there's actually a website for that. Okay. Have you heard of Listen Notes? No. So you can look up your podcast on Listen Notes and it will show you your percentile. I think mine's 2.5. Okay. Cool. And there's like 4 billion podcasts. Right. That's the, hey, <laughs> so that's... somehow I'm in the top 2% of... Wait, are you at the like 98th percentile or are you at, are you at the bottom? Uh, the no, so then it would be 98th. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. That's super inspiring. Um, But I mean, again, like we're factoring that 3 million of those podcasts have not produced an episode in three months. Right. It like factors in a bunch of other nuances totally. to figure out like where you stand. Mm-hmm. Um. 
it's humbling, but you can also use that as a tool to be inspired. By, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And you get like a broad understanding of like where you're at in the industry. And I mean, I, I'm constantly just finding new ways to continue improving. Like I'm part of a bunch of podcast newsletters. So I'm always reading like mm-hmm. what's happening in the industry. Yeah. What's the new thing people are doing? Like trying to just stay above of everything and get on top of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. I'm just working away and mm-hmm. trying to trying to get everything done. I I've thought so many times about getting like an intern, but I'm like mm-hmm. that is so weird. Like <laughs> what intern? Who are right. they? Like how yep. are they interning? I think about that all the time. Yeah. Like I think about the fact that if I wasn't doing my own editing, I would have so much I'd have like an unbelievable amount of more time to do, you do a lot of editing for your episodes yes okay. and like very minimal editing for my interviews but the history episodes require a lot of editing it's more of a produced show. oh yeah yeah um so that's extremely time consuming and totally. just the research alone mm-hmm. is very time there's so many things that are time consuming the audio clips the social right. media like yeah it would just be great if I just could wake up every day and just do this and only this. Right. <laughs> do you build out a bit like a bibliography or a reference page for your episodes? Uh, yeah. So I also have Show on notes. my website, uh, each episode gets its own post basically mm-hmm. of show notes. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, yeah, I feel you. I, I have this like mythical producer role when I'd have the resources for it that like, like I can do it all myself, but like the dream is, like being able to just show up and be the host like that's what I want to do and like I I just did my first video podcast uh two episodes ago and that's definitely something I want to be integrating more into and it's funny because I'm a videographer like it's one of my you know my main jobs uh so I have the skills but it's also like I you know I want to be able to just do the host thing and and have someone who's like who's you know running the back end whether that's going to be an intern at first Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like I need to have some some structural things in place before I'm, you know, using someone else for their time. Totally. Uh, and giving them the right kind. I want them to benefit from the experience as well. So having those, the infrastructure in place where they can actually be building out their experience base and feeling good mm-hmm. about, you know, what they're contributing. Um, that's important to me. Um, so... I know that we're, we're we're running close to the, to our limit, so I just wanted to just just uh, ask you. You know, is there any last things you want to say about your podcast or podcasting, or advice to people that are thinking about starting one? Or yeah, I would say like especially advice to people thinking about starting one. Like one, this is everybody can have a podcast. Like nothing can hold you back from having your own podcast. You can start very beginner level and just use your basic old apple airpods and whatever kind of mic you have built into your headphones like mm-hmm. there it doesn't you don't need to be perfect from the get-go yeah and it's so exciting to be able to live in a world where we can have our own show right like you know we all watch netflix we all watch the news like to live in a world where we can have our own thing and build our own thing and create our own thing and put whatever we want out into the universe that other people can enjoy it really is so gratifying and it's very fulfilling and 
I hope if anybody out there that's listening is hesitant about starting one or feels that they don't deserve it or shouldn't be doing it or they aren't, you know, qualified. I didn't know one single thing about podcasting before I started. And three years later, I couldn't imagine doing anything else but this. So it's okay to start it and do it. And maybe you are like the 4 million other podcasters that do it for a year and they're like, well, that was fun. Let's do something else. That's okay too. Mm -hmm. Like that's totally fine also. But if it is something you've ever thought about doing, like absolutely do it. Don't wait a minute longer. It's so worth it. And um, if anybody has any questions, I'm always happy to share my thoughts and perspectives and help anybody out along the way. Hell yeah. 100% to that. And, and and thank you so much for being so generous with your time and coming on. And I think that's a good segue to like, um, how, how can people find you? How can they connect with you? What's the best way for people to interact with Melissa? Definitely. Um, well, the podcast is live on literally every platform out there. Mimosa Sisterhood, big giant blue artwork with all my favorite historical ladies on the cover. You won't miss us. Um, and I'm most active on Instagram and the handle is at Mimosa Sisterhood. You can send me DMs there. Really, that's I'm on there all day long. Um, or you can send me an email. It's hello at mimosasisterhood.com. And also check out my cool website. I'm really proud of it. I love it. Spent a long time learning how to build a website. Nice. And I'm really happy with what I created. So www.mimosasisterhood.com. And you guys are on Instagram as well? Yeah, Instagram is my main platform. Okay, what's it? And did you already say the handle? Yeah, Mimosa okay. Sisterhood. Okay, also on Twitter, but reinforce. I just can't Twitter. I feel like I've like, I really missed the mark on Twitter. I should have yeah. got into that like 10 years ago. Right. And now I'm like really struggling to figure it out at this age. You know, I, <laughs> I never kind of, I never got hooked. And I watched like what Twitter's become. And now it's like this thing where I'm like, I'm kind of trying to detangle myself from as much social media as I can. And it's like, it's almost like, do like why build up another addiction? Don't. And I'm seeing so many people that are like, stay off Twitter. And like, I'm like, I don't really don't go on. It it. doesn't really interest me. I don't really need to live there. So, and to be honest, I think the best strategy is to pick your favorite platform and Mm -hmm. stick to it. Yeah. And put all your, if you're going to be on social media, Mm -hmm. which to be honest, I'm with you. I wish I didn't have to be on it at all. It drains me. But if I'm going to be on one, it is Instagram because I have the most success there. And the most, most of the people that would be into my audience are there anyway. And Mm -hmm. so I just invest my time there. That's what, that's what I'm doing too. Well, Melissa, thank you so much for coming on guys. Go check out the Mimosa sisterhood. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I just really appreciate you coming on. Of course. Thank you for having me. Uh, so nice seeing you after all these years. Yeah. And thank you for inviting me on the show. Best of luck. Yay. Yay. I have a call in one minute. Okay. All right. There we go. Many thanks to Melissa for coming on the show and, uh, to all y'all for listening and, uh, go check out Mimosa Sisterhood all your podcast locations and until next time be well my friends